episode 99 of In The Mover Podcast. I'm Callum Reid of UltimateAddict.com. Whereas 99 problems, but this podcast is not one of them. I'm Peter Shepherd of InTheMoverBlog.blog.co.uk. And one week off 100. Yes. So we're going to... And, and seeing as last week Cal suggested that I switch up uh, the Watson factor, which uh, just look, look on the... Uh, Look on the website if you are listening to us for the first time. Yes. Uh, seeing as we have double Lizzie Olsen next week, this week, from next week, it will be the Olsen factor. Well, it's funny you say that. Ah. Because since we have t- double Oscar Isaac this week... Are you doing the same? <laughs> I thought something like the Oscar Octave or something. <laughs> um, that's not finalised, but yeah. It's going to be Oscar. Not sure what the title's going to be called. So, so this is the last week of the Watson Factor. Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm. Mm. Well, it's been emotional. It has. <laughs> Emma's been. She's had highs. She's had lows. She's More been, lows than highs. <laughs> she's been inconsolable at times. She's just. She's just like Jessica Lange and Francis. <laughs> Come on, nobody's that bad. <laughs> I'm really hysterical. She's great, but. <laughs> <laughs> we might talk about that later. Possibly. <laughs> Alright, um, so I've started editing the compilation episode Oh wow! for the second year. So mm. if you've got any suggestions, um, you or anybody listening, then um, mm. send them in. But mm. it's it's stuff you'd expect. You, you've got to have a Where's Jane Lynch? <laughs> no, that was Not last Re- year. Wreck-It Ralph, what was that? That was, last, that was in last year's episode. Compilation. Was this? Yeah. God, whatever. I think. Has it been that long? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because sure it was Beyond pa- the Hills, wasn't it? No, but when I saw Paper Man, I'd just, we we knew that it was uh, Oscar nominated. Yeah, it was... Oh, I'm, th- I'm thinking 20, th- I'm thinking of 2013. It was early 2013. Yeah, it was June. Mm. It was June 2013. It's gonna go from then. Who cares about the rest of last year? <laughs> <laughs> well, this Arini's getting her own little sequence. So, really? Yeah. What with the dis- what, just the the verbal bitch slap dis- that you received? Lots of disparagement. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be from Arini. <laughs> it might make us sit up and take notice. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, well, the thing is, though, just like Joe Wright, you just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Joe Wright rant got lost, didn't it? It really did. That's not really a segment anymore. No. Okay, so last week of the factors, Melville and Emma. Mm -hmm. Okay, any news of a sporting nature we don't really want to mention? Um, uh, Well, apart from the cup final. Yeah, which Mm. nobody cares, really. Uh, Okay, so the week's... Well, well, Steve Bruce's Taylor cares. Oh, yeah. (sighs) No, I agree with you. What's going on there? Good grief. I mean, it's just, uh, I think it, not only if he was made of chocolate, he'd eat himself. I think um, when he, the only exercise he gets is on the golf uh, It's golf on the touchline. 
Oh, you know, he's on the golf course, and then he not only are his clubs made of chocolate, the, the balls are too, but they're so small, they're like little Maltesers, so he eats them as well. It's just, oh. Uh, yeah. No, I, I watched it with a couple of kids, and they could they didn't believe me when I said he used to be a professional footballer and he used to be one of the best. It's sad. Mm. Okay, so, news this week. Oh, but firstly, did you see Zhang Ji at Cannes? No. Awesome. Unbelievable. No. Google it. Um, she, Grace of Monaco premiere. Why was she going to that? No idea. Oh, is she not on the, no, she's not on the jury, is she? I don't know why she would. Um, okay, so firstly, on speaking of Grace of Monaco and Cannes, oh did you see the reception to Grace of Monaco at Cannes? I heard it wasn't good. It was good. Wasn't um yeah, it was disastrous. Yeah. It's lots of comparisons to Diana. As we kind oh of God. expected or I didn't expect it to be that bad. No, me neither. But Tim Robbie said it's as bad just in a different way. Mm. Which is not encouraging. So it's not cringe, it's just it's just even more over the top. No, I think moment, it's if fun- that was possible. I think it is actually funnier. Right. Unintentionally funnier, but yeah, I think it takes itself more seriously. Dear. So let this be a lesson: do not play a real-life person. <laughs> They're not a person that famous. Grace Kelly and Diana—they just on paper you just wouldn't. It it's a huge task for anybody. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, on to the Baftas. The TV BAFTAs, Broadchurch won three. How do you feel about that? The ones it won. It was, it was. Broadchurch was fine. I enjoyed it. I thought the last episode was absolutely terrible, though. Um, but up until then, it, it was uh, it was very good. Um, but I mean, the, the acting's the acting's very accomplished. But I don't think it's um, her best work by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Well, she won. Obviously, Olivia Colman, and um, you can see why. I mean, I mean, yeah. The thing is, what competition has she got in British domestic television? And it sounds like from the last episode, probably did it for her. Really? With that, oh, with yeah. that storyline thing mm-hmm. that you told me about, but yeah. And then Jodie Whittaker won, which is quite right. good. We like her, don't we? Jodie Whittaker. But yeah, it's good that she. Well, I like that she's a, a, a BAFTA winner, but not in the way that. Uh, Andrew Garfield is a BAFTA winner. Is that for Boyer? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Not seen that. Mm. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> okay, Um, we've got a couple of deaths. Firstly, the guy who directed Searching for Sugar Man. Really? Malik <laughs> Benjalul died. How old was he? He was not very old. He did not die. Uh, he died of his own hand. Dear. Yeah, but I quite liked Searching for Sugar Man. Um, I probably wouldn't have given it the Oscar. In fact, I wouldn't mm. have. But it's, I still thought it was really quite good and interesting. Mm. Uh, also, died this week. Gordon Willis, um, quite big in the cinematography world. He uh, was nominated for Oscars for Zelig and The Godfather Part Three. He actually mm. did all of the Godfather films, but was only nominated for part three, which... That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. 
And he also he did a lot of Woody Allen's films. He did Manhattan. He yeah, the best the best shot one. He did all the President's Men, um, Pen- nice. Pennies yeah. from Heaven, lots of other things in the seventies which he didn't get nominated for. Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Less the better, the better. But I don't I don't understand <laughs> what. Go right around the week. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> don't rant about Woody Allen again. No, this this is your Joe White rant of the week. You just don't understand. Oh, this my rant. Yes, I don't understand. How can they nominate The Godfather Part Three for cinematography when they haven't nominated the other two? Because I don't, I don't think Number Three's got especially good cinematography compared to the others. The second one's probably the best for that. Well, what was this was nineteen ninety. Yeah. Right. I just say totally top of my heading this one. Um. How can I you're looking, be when you're when yeah you're, yeah, you're looking? I mean, I think Reversal of Fortune was very nicely shot. I mean, it's not a visual wow fest, but I think for 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 that sort of film, I think it was very accomplished uh, with with the uh, with the style. Because I think I think the cinematography and the way it was shot adds to the eerie style of it all. It's I mean, funny you, you so- mentioned that because I'm going to bring that film up later. <laughs> really, <laughs> um, you also um, that year I suppose what have you got? Miller's Crossing. That, that, you got dances with the wolves, I assume one. Well, you were yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's stick the stick the camera anyway. It's going to look gorgeous. Yeah, but um, uh, Goodfellas is more of an achievement in editing than cinematography. Uh, but then there's going to be, I mean, the one of the whatever Zhang Yimo film was um was 1990 was it, it'll be Razor Red Lantern. It'll, it'll be Judo maybe. Yes, Judo, I think. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, that's just. That is just so. Uh, the line I used is I had to. It was so gorgeous. I had to close my eyes about six times. It's unbelievable. The colours, mm. just the yellows. Oh, oh wow. It's many. Yeah, it's many yellows and reds, isn't it? Mm. Mm. It's wonderful. Mm. I'm just having a quick look. Cinematography. So, Dancers with Wolves won. Also mm. nominated. Dick Tracy. Really? Oh. Good God. Henry and June. Mm. And a film called Avalon. Yeah. From Barry yeah. Levinson. Mm. So yeah. Not even good fellas for cinematography. It doesn't surprise me, it's not the flash it's not the flashiest standout part of it, is it really? I don't know, because I haven't seen ah! it. <laughs> 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 oh god. I I'm gonna see it one of these days, I'm gonna uncork it in the red light district. Just yeah. wait. No or not. <laughs> we just gonna have to have a discussion about it either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Should we get into preconceptions? Mm, yeah. Uh, this week we are doing uh, the two faces of January, in secret or Therese, depending on where you're from. Yeah. Uh, concussion and Godzilla or Godzilla. Oh, Yadiro or whatever <laughs> Ken Watanabe says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, preconceptions for the two faces of January. Um, knew it was based on Patricia Highsmith novel. Uh, thought it was a Ripley, but that turned out to be not true. But it was a preconception that it was going to be a Ripley story. Mm. So I expected um, uh, homosexual undertones and uh, lots of uh, bludgeoning uh, with um, busts. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, did I just say that out loud? Um, Don't speak that way about Kirsten, please. I know, yeah. <laughs> she just picked her up and just shoved her chest at his head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'd forgotten who directed it by the time I got in there, but I like Vigo. Uh, I think he's a very good actor. Um, I don't think I'd ever nominate him for anything apart from maybe the um, one last year, uh, 
Everybody has uh, a plan. Yeah. Uh, I think that is his best work. I, mean, I like him in A History of Violence a lot, but I mean, that year, 95, uh, sorry, 05 for actor is just crazy. So I actually don't even think he makes my top 10 that year. Um, who else is in it? Uh, Oscar Isaac. I'm turned on. I used to really not like him ever since I saw him in 10 years. I sort of like softened on him and then I liked him a lot in uh, Inside Lewin Davis. And Dunst, um, I liked when she was young, when she was about 14. And like Jumanji and stuff. ER. She, she had a guest uh. recurring role on ER as a, a 14-year-old crack whore who George Clooney had to shine to. <laughs> Apparently he sent her an email saying, uh, I think the world's hottest guy should go out with the world's hottest 14-year-old uh, prostitute. Oh my god. Have you, heard about, have, you, have you heard about this one? No. That's how he asked out his um, his, his, his fiance. He said, I think the world's hottest guy should go out with the world's hottest uh, human rights lawyer. Modest as ever. Yeah. He, keeping it classy, our George. Um, so, yeah, um, I, do, I do have a uh, goodwill towards uh, Kirsten, but in the way that I have goodwill towards Natalie Portman, although I like her more than Natalie Portman. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I like her. I mean, I think... I didn't think she was a really great actress until I saw Melancholia, and yeah. where I really just thought she was tremendous. Mm. Um, You're not alone in that one. Yeah. Can. Mm. Um, but Figo I like, generally. I mm. Not... not Sold on him in Eastern Promises at all, but mm. uh, I really liked him in History of Violence. But I, I'm with you that I don't ha- haven't nominated him for anything. Mm. Um, and Oscar Isaac, obviously, my win for Inside Lewin Davis, so mm-hmm. love him. Mm-hmm. And I thought it looked kind of juicy. Um, mm. And I do like the Ripley adaptations that I've seen mm. The American Friend and The Talent of Mr. Ripley. Yeah. So, yeah. Was... Best Ripley, best Ripley of the two. Is it even close? I actually love the American Friend. No, I mean the actual like, Gantz versus Damon. I was being really harsh there. All right. Oh no, Damon. <laughs> oh no. no! <laughs> I, D- Damon would be my win for that. Definitely. Oh god. Love okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, in secret. In secret. I have no idea about the story. I had no idea about the story. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is a plus. Thought she was excellent in Martha Marcy near Marlene. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Lang is always a plus for me. I think she can be incredibly fun uh, playing the villain roles. So I was kind of hoping she was going to be a villain. Evil stepmother. Yeah. <laughs> and Oscar Isaac, again, is, mm-hmm. is a plus. So I was thinking good cast but I had no idea about the story, so I was going in fairly blind in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know anything about uh, Behind the Camera. I had a vague idea of the story, just the... Gen- not not that I really knew. I just had a like inkling about what the story might be about. Mm. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, I've liked in everything I've seen her in, pretty much. And she's usually better than uh, the... Uh, she's usually better than the, the projects film. that she chooses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Isaac again just said, and um, Jessica Lang is a massive negative for me. <laughs> there, 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 but there are times that I do like her. I mean, I do like her in Big Fish. Yeah, I do like her in Tootsie a lot. Um, but she's more part, natural. Yeah, she is when she when she's big and over the top and um, bombastic. I think she's terrible. So, 
Okay. So it's like, so for example, um, Francis, I think she's good for 90% of Francis, and then the 10% where she falls off the cliff, she's just screaming the whole way down. Yeah, but she is playing a mental. Mm. I mean, come on, she's playing a mental patient. But mm. yeah, I, I agree. Mm. If you don't buy it, you don't buy it. But. Mm. <laughs> All right, um, did you have any preconceptions about concussion? You didn't see it, did you? I know, but I saw like modern Belgian Jour and the Belgian Jour and. Modern twist on Belle du Jour. And the last time I heard that was Sleeping Beauty, which I hated, so I thought, mm. I loved Sleeping Beauty. Mm, someone's got to. <laughs> um, but I, I, you mentioned Belle du Jour, but I didn't really know about that. Um, the synopsis that I read basically just said it was kind of a lesbian thing where what? she turns into an escort. What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you not know? No. It, oh, it's lesbians. <laughs> Oh, right, it's okay. all lesbians. So I knew that. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, I didn't really have a preconception about that. Fine, fair enough. Really? So you weren't expecting them to turn up on a... On a both on a gold wing <laughs> wearing wife beaters. A gold wing? But, you know, those like, massive, like, <laughs> massive bikes. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought, fine. I thought it was going to be sexual, obviously. Mm. So we'll see how that turns out. Why was Elizabeth? Ol- Why was Elizabeth Olsen in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know anybody who was in it. Yeah, I, I didn't. Know, I didn't know anyone when I looked at the uh, looked at the cast. Um, yeah, Godzilla. Then Godzilla. I haven't seen the nineteen ninety eight film. I've seen like half of it. I have not seen the original Japanese film from the fifties. I've seen like none of it. So. I didn't really know the story very well. Obviously, I knew it was a big dinosaur thing. Um, mm. And that's all I really thought about it. Uh, Gareth Edwards, I mm. saw his first film, Monsters, which he basically like he basically cobbled it together from no money at all, and it looked tremendous, considering mm. it looked very, very natural. It was full of visual flair. So I was really... I thought... And it was about monsters, so I thought that he was probably the perfect Good person fit. to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliette Binoche uh, and Elizabeth Olsen were in it, which were pluses. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I don't mind as much as you, so that wasn't ah. a huge thing for me. Ah. Yeah, uh, cast wise, it's ridiculous. This cast is insane. It's almost as if um, somebody came down from the heavens and decided to cast it perfectly for me. With- Elizabeth Olsen, one of my favourite young actresses. Juliet Binoche, one of my favourite actresses of a certain age. Yeah. And then also David Strathairn, who I, I just love. Mm. And um, uh, Did you know that, though? Because it was like... The I knew, op- originally, I knew Strathairn was in it, and then I forgot. Well, the opening credits started coming out. It just got better and better, and it's like yes. Hawkins. And Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. Seamus McGarvey. Yeah, yeah, Despla, yeah it, it, it's a bit of a dream. And then... And for, then to atone for this, or, or to balance this out, because the film's all about balance, <laughs> I've got to deal with Aaron Johnson, who I just have no idea how he gets work. I really don't. Mm. Well, I know how he got work in Nowhere Boy, because the <laughs> she ended up marrying him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And Brian Cranston, I don't watch Breaking Bad, so I only think he's okay. He was fine in Argo. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, let's start with the two faces of January. Should I, should I do this one? 
Um, which one don't you want to do out of Godzilla in secret? I don't really want to see do Godzilla. Uh, oh no, I'll do Godzilla. You do this okay. one, and okay. in secret. Two Faces of January is uh, starts at uh, some of the more well well known ruins in Greece, and has Oscar Isaac as a tour guide. He's uh, showing a load of uh, overprivileged uh, girls in the sixties. Uh, in the 60s, not their 60s, um, <laughs> around. And uh, while he's there, he sees a couple, uh, age mismatched couple, played by Viggo Mortensen and Kirsten Dunst. Uh, he uh, He's looking over at them. He claims it's because uh, Viggo reminds him of his father, who's recently died and he didn't go to the funeral. And uh, the girl that he's with um, thinks that he's looking at looking at uh, Kirsten Dunst, and that's why he keeps on looking over. He eventually starts uh, grifting off them uh, while he's showing them round, and then one night, uh, a uh, private investigator catches up with Vigo about his nefarious ways in the past, <laughs> and uh, nice word shenanigans ensue. They do. Mm. Um. Why is it called the Two Faces of January? I haven't got a effing clue. Is it set in January? <laughs> <laughs> I I was I, expecting it to be like a behind-the-scenes uh, biopic charting, like the, the, the Mad Men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I hoped it wasn't going to be. <laughs> I thought it was just me a bitch fest behind the scenes. <laughs> it's like um, it's it feels like they've excised that out of the film. The reason in the book mm. that mm. it's called that which is fine mm. whatever mm. Um, but I just thought it was strange it's a good title if it made sense mm. if it had a point yeah <laughs> it's like it's basically it's like My Blueberry Nights if you cut out the conversation that she has with Jude Law about Blueberry Pie yeah i.e. the whole point of the title <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I alright I think who had uh, 21 minutes for the one car Y reference <laughs> In the sweepstick. Yes. <laughs> That's quite good for you, actually. It's usually... It's usually earlier. <laughs> it's usually preconceptions, like saying why you hate somebody because they're not one car wide. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I... Well, I like the cast, and I think this is actually well cast. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, mm. I think the performances work quite well together, and they kind of complement each other. Um, but Vigo's the best, I think, mm. by a mile. But, mm. um, and this is why I wanted to mention Reverse of Fortune because at the beginning you're kind of with him and Dunst. They seem yes. fine, you know, they're quite well to do, but they're not mm-hmm. offensively well to do. Yeah, and we are with them. But the longer it goes on, the sinisterness comes out of Vigo, but it comes out really kind of in a way that catches you off guard, and I like that. Mm. It's not cartoonish at all. And that's it reminded me of Jeremy Irons in Reverse of Fortune. Mm. Where he starts off being... Well, it's like parts of it he's charming uh, and inoffensive. And then, and then you see... The detestable side. Yeah, coming out at times. Mm. Uh, you've actually mentioned two of the issues I kind of wanted to bring up here. Uh, I'll, I'll take the, the latter first to do with uh, who's side you're on. I, one of my problems with this film was... is, is it sort of wants to take you from like, are you on his side? Are you, are you, are you on Isaac's side? Are you on um, Vigo's side? And by then I just couldn't care. Mm. Uh, and for, for long periods I suddenly thought, I actually don't even care either way. 
whoever comes out of this better. Whoever, whoever quote-unquote wins in this situation. Yeah. I just really don't care. Mm. Uh, so I think that was a... It's... it's I wouldn't even want to say interesting enough, but, but the, the, the plot's fine in general. It's strange uh, with the morals. I think it is quite strange because obviously Isaac is in the moral high ground here, mostly. Mm. Mm. But then I don't really necessarily feel in his corner. No. Which I think is it, no. it, it's quite interesting that I don't feel that way. I'm not sure why I don't feel that way because Vigo's not exactly appealing either. No, I think the problem is it's because you set up... Uh, Isaac is inherently dishonest and he's just ripping off everybody that he can. Yeah, which um, is yeah, which, which, which not is massively fair, which is fair. though. No, 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 but well, it's it, it's fair. I I think which leads into the second thing, which when you're talking about the um, performances, and I think each and of the, in and of themselves they're all fine, but I think when you put them together and I'm um, excluding Oscar and Vigo together because I think Oscar and Vigo together are very good. Right, but I don't buy. They they try and sort of tack on uh, uh, Isaac and um, Dunst, yeah. And I, I didn't get that dynamic to their relationship whatsoever. And so I think it, that was fine to begin with when it's just Vigo being really paranoid, saying, "Oh, he likes you, he likes you, he likes you," and she's just like, "What? What are you talking about? What?" And then that they actually go that direction with it. Um, but, do like, they? It, but do they? It's, oh, they do. Oh, well, they, but they, yeah, they, but they it's, kinda do. it's very ambiguous about what actually happened, which is the yeah. thing I also like about it. It mm. just, you, you know, he says something near the end, but you mm. don't know that that's true. And then, but then he says a couple of things to do with like his motivation. It's all tacked on after the fact, and it's. I don't think there's any chemistry between him and Dunst uh, at any point, and so. If there was, then it might make the tacking on a bit more believable or a bit more grounded. Yeah. And it might might make, uh, and it might, but then again, it might also. I think it quite works for to just show Vigo sort of very paranoid and insecure yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, so I th- I like that they don't have any chemistry at the beginning. I think that works w- within that, but yeah. then I don't think it balances out over the rest of it. I mean, mm. the weakest part of it for me was the direction, because I get the impression from this that the book is awesome. Mm. because it's just got a lot of stuff going on and I think if if Anthony Minghella was around today well Max produced it he would have loved to do this oh is Max mm. is that his brother son son is some, well that's I didn't even know that but you have seen him in a few things he's, he's, an, he's an actor um, you, you would have seen him in yeah, a few he's, things yeah I know what it, I know who he is yeah he's in, of March yeah he was yeah but it just there's so many rooms, uh, there's so much room for kind of great angles and iconic sequences, like with the whole temple thing mm. and grandiose drama, and it's mostly wasted. Like, I don't think it's badly directed, but I think there could be some amazing stuff in here, like Jewel in the Sun level stuff, mm. and it just doesn't reach that. I think it's very well shot, mm. and I think it's very smoothly put together, but... I don't think. Uh, I think what I was talking about earlier is to do with tone and the balance and uh, that that putting together of all the performances is part of, is the direction. You've got to be saying you've got to be you've got to have you've got to have the whole picture. Yeah. And I don't think he has the whole picture, so I think he's fine um, in terms of the fine in terms of the visual the visual storytelling. I think it looks I think it looks um, I think it looks good, and it's uh, it's very sheened. But 
I don't think it's uh, th- there. Are, there's more to direction than just sa- than just um, uh, shouting cut and uh, <laughs> action. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the father thing? The fa- him being some kind of paternal figure. I think that's fine. Um, yeah. I think I think that works. I think uh, with with Vigo, he can he has that that inherent in a lot of his uh, roles he uh he has that he has an inherently appealing screen presence so it really works in lord of the rings it especially works in the history of violence because it's contrasted with um his past and what have you yeah um it he he is less interesting when he has to just go, when he has to be more more menacing uh first and foremost so i think in general it works and uh with this sort of like because because the character isn't is obviously far from perfect, um, but especially with the drinking, I think I, I I like how Vigo chooses. I like a lot of Vigo's choices in it, but uh, you could say they're Hossein Amini's choices. But I mean, <laughs> it's all. No, I think Vigo's really. I think it's it's certainly my favourite performance of the year, um, mm. male wise. I think mm. unless I'm completely forgetting something. Yeah, I'm. I'm drawing a blank on anyone who's better than him so far. Yeah, and even like the the morning after the drunken episode on the with dock, the donut, yeah, and he's just when he's like he's like he's, he won't be apologetic, but he's trying to mask the fact that he's probably feeling terrible. Mm. And it's also lots of little things like the, like how like his reaction to finding out that the word donut is the same in, <laughs> in Greek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the costumes. I want to mention how good the costumes are. Mm. Uh, Dunst looks tremendous. At the really, beginning. because I have a Houston problem with this film. What with Dunst? No, it's back to the original Houston problem. The Isaac, Oscar, I, Oscar Isaac's chapeau. <laughs> that is a disgrace. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was the uh, all the rage back then. <laughs> Always wrong. Always wrong. I was mainly talking about Dunst's dress yeah, at the yeah, beginning, yeah, but yeah. The lavishness <laughs> of the, the early days of it, but yeah. Mm. Um, Just for another Pete Shepherd uh, <laughs> pet. <laughs> I'm not going to mention one car again. Um, do you think the uh, girl at the beginning, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's girl, had a bit of the Judy Greers about her? Oh. What, the young one? Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, purely like looks. Rather than like a well, obviously she's darker, but obviously not not in terms of, in terms of scene stealingness. Yeah, mm. yeah. And she recognised the whole thing between Isaac and Dunst, even though you didn't like no, that. Off. But she well, she she read the script then. She read um, the script, yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought she did quite well actually with the limited mm. role. Mm. Um, was anybody else in this? Um, not really. That was pretty much the three of them, really, and then mm. the, the Judy Greer. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, this worked for me actually. I I do think the end was a little bit trying and uh, dragged a little bit, but I mostly thought it was quite a nice, twisty little thriller that was really kind of unflashy in ways that it could have been, and it didn't feel like. Um. It didn't feel like it was, you know, hitting you over the head with all this stuff mm. from the book, which is mm. probably quite dense. Um, 
so yeah, I, I do probably think the book is a lot better than the film, but I, mm. I quite like it. So I, I'll give it a B. A low mm. B, but a B. I do have a sort of similar... And it's it's really, I mean, when was the book written? In the 60s, so whatever. Yeah. But I do I do kind of think that very simple like plot points are skated over just because of the, t- the when it's set. So in Town to Mr. Ripley, I was just like, just get his fingerprints. <laughs> it's just it's just because it's set back then. It's yeah, like, it's, yeah, that's it's true. Like, yeah. To excuse the plotting. And so with this, it's kind of the same thing. It's like you get one, I mean, you get one bump to the head and you die. And, uh, or you fall, it's like, I've seen Mick Foley fall off a, of a hell in the cell cage mm. on the wrestling, go through a table. I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff that happens in here, I'm thinking, really? That's going to kill you? I don't think so. So uh, I think it's um, some of the plotting is a little too unbelievable for me. Uh, and, um, maybe it's just because of where I'm coming from, uh, uh, twenty man of the 21st century. So that coupled with the um, sort of like, uh, not really buying um, where they go with it and um, what have you. Yeah. Offsets that how well made it is and how well acted it is. So I'm giving this five out of ten. Okay. Three stars. Average. Average. Okay. Next in secrets. Right. Okay. Or Therese. Um, or Therese. Base- yeah. Which basically uh, follows a girl called Therese who. Uh, after being uh, dumped on her aunt's uh, doorstep by her father, who then uh, goes off and buys a farm in Africa in the most Mel Street place. <laughs> um, Do the <she's>... voice. <laughs> <laughs> Forming all for core. Whatever. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, and uh, so she's she's there with uh, her aunt, played by Jessica Lang, and her what would it be cousin, her rather simple cousin. Cut to uh, a few years later, she now looks like Elizabeth Olsen and uh, g- goes around um, on all fours in uh, cornfields masturbating over um, young farmhands scything the corn. Yeah. <sighs> Whoa. Yes. So, um... She's, Don't worry, she's... Melville. He, he's <laughs> totally ten seconds. <laughs> and it's totally backlit. <laughs> um, so she's then uh, forced by... Um, uh, Lang to marry uh, the, her cousin because at the end of the day uh, she's a legit, she was an illegitimate child and she wouldn't have any better prospects and so they all moved to Paris to open up a shop. Yes. Um, okay. So I want to compare this to the two faces of January. You do? I do. <laughs> because well, I, even though you disagreed with me about two faces of January mm. I thought the three of them work together fairly well whereas mm. this mm. the love triangle I think mm. the three performances are completely conflicted mm. and do not work in the same film no I, I agree and this again it's like two films this week where Oscar Isaacs had no chemistry with his leading lady whatsoever and he can I've seen it in the past it's just that apparently you have to be Kate Mara for that to happen mm. yeah I carry he didn't really need chemistry with Kelly. No, they, they needed fun. just they needed disdain from the woman, yeah. and there, there to be a, a fundamental lack of chemistry. So that worked for the character, it worked for the film. Yeah, um, I actually this. think Tom Felton is the most successful at committing to the character. I mean, I actually mm. got more from him about what Twice he might be nice. than the other two. <laughs> I like the scene when he's in bed and he's talking about how he winds up at the zoo four days out of five 
uh, I think when he when he just shows the inherent niceness of the character, I think he really does um, get that uh, get that across very well. It's when like he ha- when, when he's he... looking at his portrait. I really like that because mm. he recognizes like it's so blue, it's so grey. Mm. He says it resembles my soul, and I'm thinking, mm. well, that wouldn't be a turn on for anybody. But that's obviously that, he's that, not that, even that, thinking that, about that, is he? He's just think he's just being honest about it. Mm. Uh, but what? When 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 he tries to be more assertive, I mean, I think yeah. you could. I don't think it really works because um, you don't. In those moments, I didn't see the character struggling with it. Yeah. Um, when I, whereas I thought he would, I think it's just a slightly imbalanced performance. But I mean, it's it's he's still he's still quite good. Yeah. Um, it's um... Lizzie, much like <laughs> Jessica Lang used to. Does get pushed too too far on occasion. Do you think she's a bit young for the role? I think she's more young in Godzilla, but we'll get onto that later. Mm. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's sort of. I think it would benefit from an older, uh, young-looking but an older actress playing the role. A bit like kind of Kira in Anna Karenina was too young. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a similar thing. And that she's sort of recycling a lot of expressions of general guilt, and it's all quite hand wringing, hand wringing. Yeah, sort of thing. I mean, she's not bad. I'm just, I just think maybe, maybe not well cast in this. Mm. Um, I mean, you can kind of see, you can see why she was interested in the role. Oh yeah, because um, it's a challenge. I mean, the longer it goes, especially. And I think the film could be good with, uh, with better casting. There are issues with the story, with the yeah. with the novel, even mm. the actual plot that just yeah. it's just too melodramatic at times. This this again is there's so there were so many French, and it's not a spoiler. There's so many French films about uh, wives are plotting to off their uh, uh, other halves. Yeah. They just get sold into a bad marriage. And it's very French. Apparently, the most uh, French way to deal with this is to try and kill them. Well, um, they diabolique. Did it best. T- Therese Desgueru was said to do with that. Um, she tries to poison her husband. Um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, is, is Madame Bovary? Or did she just cuckold him? Did she try and kill him as well? I can't remember. Mm, it's, all, it's all unfaithful wives anyway. Um, Which can be good. It, it allows for, you know... Conflict. Yeah. Mm. It's just... It does feel particularly overwrought here and quite... In the second half, it's just constant misery. Yeah. Um, and there are bits where you feel like it should, they're going for campy and fun, or with mm. under under a better hand, it would, under a better directorial hand, like maybe mm. Neil Jordan or someone, it yes. could be kind of campy and fun with the whole Jessica Lang moments. Yes. Which mm. end and up the, being. The writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Jessica Lang not, not at her best here. <laughs> She's less offensive to me than usual, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but it's mm. those moments could be really dramatic and mm. you know, in I, in a fun way, but they just it's just like I'm not really bothered. I think I think part of it oh well, a lot of it stems from just her and Isaac at the beginning, it's just so rushed. Mm. It, it's just it literally just turns up and then she's just lifting lifting up a Dropping a dropping a skirt, lifting up a skirt and dropping a tri- uh, knickers, and um, it just seems um, there, there are lines in there that which could be quite interesting. Uh, 
which do vocalise the subtext, but I mean, when when you haven't got much of a, a relationship between them in terms of how they are together on screen, it, it you kind of need it, and you think, oh, really? Is that what they were going for? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I think I don't. What do you think about the flashbacks? Um, I think I don't like them. I don't this like is... the thing with the. Is it the dog? Mm. Is this thing with the dog? I'm thinking of something. Else. I'm thinking of tracks there. No, yeah. um, <laughs> um, it's with the boat. Yeah. No, I like that you don't see what happens. Mm. I think it would I be liked, a lot I more like that. effective if you didn't see the flashbacks. Yeah, uh, unlike um, uh, Two Faces January though, because actually you know what they've done. Whereas with Two Faces January is just bringing in, um, uh, bringing it in for the sake of it, bringing in um, uh, ambiguity just for the sake of it. It's interesting um, that um, a place in the sun did that mm. um, after after the novel of this was written, well after the novel. Mm. So I wonder if that's somewhat based on it. Mm. Uh, I thought, and then, and then on top of all this, you've got the likes of Matt Lucas and uh, Guy from the Office, Shirley just, Henderson. Uh, uh, they're in a different film. Yeah. It, it, they're in a di- I mean, not less so Shirley Henderson, but the the guys are in a different film. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. It's, I feel like maybe a bigger budget would have helped a lot mm. because this must be tiny. Mm. But I did like I did like the cinematography. I didn't think I did think it was lit well. What um, in the dark? Quite yes. dark, isn't it? But it is quite yeah. dark. But it, it, but you still, it's not just it's not like the white ribbon where you can't actually see what's going on. Yeah. What do you think about? Do you still think uh, Danny Houston and Nicole Kidman have the worst sex scene? Yeah, this wasn't. It wasn't offensive, but uh, the coughing well, and the spluttering. Well, no, the offensive thing was that she kept everything on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <joking>. terrible. <laughs> no, no, it, but it did just seem a bit. If you, oh, I can't. No, don't go. Okay, do it, Peter. In something like two hundred four six, you can show more. And have like relentless sex scenes uh, in a way, and it doesn't feel uh, cheap. It it's getting more into sort of like mood and atmosphere, and um, it's showing characters connect in a way that it's it's more of a uh, substitute for what they can't get elsewhere. You don't get any of that sort of subtext with these. It just seems like a sort of uh, trying to go for a sort of like be classy, i.e., not showing any actual nudity, but then just being quite smutty as well. So it's all, it's trying to be classy, but really isn't. Yeah, and doesn't it feel like Oscar Isaac's playing the same role again and again mm. as just the the playboy that mm. doesn't want to commit to anyone? Mm. Mm. You need to watch Ten Years because it's the opposite. There is the playboy who does. Oh, okay, because <laughs> that's even in January he's kind of like that as well. Yeah. So I would just like to see him do something a bit different. Mm. Well, not King John again. Oh my god. King John? Yeah, Robin Hood. Oh, I, I hopefully one. I skipped that. Yeah, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, mm. C- for In Secret. Yeah. Um, 4 out of 10. This is subpar for me. Disappointing. Hey. Uh, what have you got? What do you think that is? Guesses? Wine gums? Yes! Hey! <laughs> you know me so well. 
We've got to keep that in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If this is us returning from retrieving uh, uh, refreshments for our uh, ha- halfway through the podcast. Yeah, because it's very, very warm. It is warm. It's need... warm. It was, it was the hottest day of the year so far. Yeah. Which for us is like 22 degrees and like people like Irini and Chris are just thinking, what? <laughs> it's jumper weather. She just thinks we're pussies. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, that anyway. I mean, aside from the weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Alright. So, concussion. Yeah. So you didn't see this. Catherine Deneuve's not in this then. Catherine Deneuve not in this, no. It's not repulsion. Um, is it, or is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the plot is, it's about a woman who's uh, played by Robin Vigert, who is married to a woman, okay. uh, happily-ish married, and decides to... She's basically, she's in the restoration business. She's doing up this big city loft apartment. and How her, will a grace of her? Yes. And uh, funny enough, she's doing it with a guy, although he's a straight guy. Um, so, so he's the hag. <laughs> yes. And it turns out that he's going out with on somebody, a woman, mm. who runs a very nice escort business for lesbians. Right. So, basically, Robin Feigert kind of gets, to cut a long story short, she gets involved in the escort business and uses the loft apartment to entertain her clients. Alright. And it's, I don't, it's been a while since I saw Belle de Jour. Like, I can't really remember whether Catherine Deneuve was likeable in Belle de Jour as a character. Um, Well, when you saw her with her husband, uh, she was very much... um, She's apologetic. wonderful. I remember that much. She's apologetic, yeah. but but the thing is, she's going there because to get something that she can't get otherwise. She she's she wants to be with her husband, so she is inherently likable because of that. It it smooths out the uh, bad points of her character because of what she's doing, obviously. Yeah. But she's doing it from a position of she wants to feel she wants to be she she knows she's frigid and she wants to uh, get rid of that so that she can be with her husband. So the so the. Justification so that's, for it. Uh, that's mm. very progressive, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to shag a load of men. Uh, get paid to shag a load of men so I can be close to you, darling. Oh. Well, in this... You've no idea how many times women have used that line on me. <laughs> I mean, to the point, it's almost getting to be a cliche. <laughs> Down at the Royal. <laughs> <laughs> the station. <laughs> um, it, well, Robin Vigert's characters have quite selfish mm. in the sense that she doesn't really have motivations of that nature. It's sort of like... She doesn't have motivations that pure for getting on the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like she's more evolved sexually than Deneuve was, which yeah. is not difficult. No. Um, and there, So there isn't like an arc of liberation there. It's mm. more uh, out of desire to be in control of the sex and mm. feel free and young again and escape the Kind of sexless, dry marriage she's in. So she's basically, um. <laughs> Leia Seydoux in Blue is the Warmest Colour a few years down the line. <laughs> no, a few minutes down the line, you uh, didn't see it. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, but Viger is terrific 
Really? She's in my lineup. Okay. She sneaked in under the radar. Is this um, for last year? For last year. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not of... saying much if it's this year. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I didn't think last year was that tremendous either, but she's got in. Mm. Um, it's and it's a tone. She she can oscillate from being very straight-laced to quite comic and darkly comic really easily, mm-hmm. and it completely works. It reminds me of uh, Carrie Snodgrass in Diary of a Mad Housewife. Right, not sure that one, but yeah, mm. Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's like sometimes she's like so flippant and caustic, but then she's really led along with it. Mm. And there's funny things like she insists on having coffee with the women before she sleeps with them. Obviously. And then one, like the first girl she turns up to meet for coffee, it's this like perky 16-year-old Asian girl it is blue highlighting her homework. What? It is Blue is the warmest colour. <laughs> she's like got her pens out, she's highlighting her homework, she's got a rucksack on the table and like she's the woman's just appalled. She's just like, "Oh no, can't do this." So it's why like, does she need? Why does she need to uh, get an escort? The sixteen-year-old. Well, is it something as cheap, cheap and obvious as to lose her V plates? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's God. a couple. There's, it's a lot of them are to lose the V plates, but oh, like God. some of them are older, and um, it's but it the the people that it assembles for her to sleep with are quite varied and interesting, but she never gets close, to, particularly close to any of them. Like, she right. gets quite close, and they have semi-deep conversations, but it's not like it's so profound and everything, which feels glad this is realistic. A lesbi- I'm glad this is a lesbian story, and so I couldn't make a pun about semi. <laughs> I'm not even going there. After ah. blue is the warmest colour. <laughs> this, it's this it's like me lot- with this film. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's um this is a lot easier to watch the blues of what's color which is fine and mm. either way is fine for me but um yeah well, i've heard that about you it's <laughs> <laughs> just, just feeding me pearls here <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my word. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's you. It's the wine gums. I'm sorry. I'm drunk on wine, wine gums. <laughs> yeah. Well, you quickly learn that she, the woman, wants to be found out, and that it's kind of a messed up way of driving her relationship to some kind of end. You know what? I I, I can buy that. As yeah. A, I can I can buy that. I know people. Who, not not gone game, but I know people who do that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like. She says at one point, if she wanted to know about her wife, she would have known by now. Like she would have, she would have been here, and she would mm. have came to the loft, and she would have realised that things weren't right. Yeah. So, which is a little bit selfish to say that, mm. but it's also trust. Weird to say, it, it, obviously, wants... trust isn't in her vocabulary. <laughs> obviously, what isn't trust? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. I kind of enjoyed it. Little things bugged me. It's called concussion mm. because the woman has an accident at the first five minutes where she gets hit by a ball and she's like bleeding from the head and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, well, in some plot synopses, it says the woman gets hit by the ball and then she decides to go on the game. 
Right. And it's not like that at all. Okay. It's like, it doesn't, it's not a fully built in concept wherein this is affected her. Um, <laughs> and it's not directly linked to her behavior. So I don't get why it's there. And I don't get why it's in the title. It just feels like a really stupid way Cheesy. of setting things up. Mm. Yeah. Um, little things bugged me with the characters, like the way she gets into the business in the first place. A bit easy and convenient, really. I mean, how many brothel madams do you know? Well, that, no. I've only got only got four in my phone, but <laughs> I've only met two of them personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many lesbian brothel madams do you know? Oh, well, now you're being specific. I mean. <laughs> um, and it's but I like that it steers clear of cliche and crafts a real character study and it's got a really strong central performance there and it's something i've not seen before it's not like belle de jour mm-hmm. it, it's quite interesting to see this from a lesbian perspective as well right so it's a b okay highish b for mm-hmm. concussion right so film of the week film of the week which i tried to say differently to how i've done before it just meant like pause at an unusual place um Godzilla. Godzilla. As Ken I shall attempt. Saying. I shall attempt to do the plot of Godzilla. Well, I thought okay. I was doing Okay, we have to go, 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 go. All right, so Ken Watonbi and Sally Hawkins play scientists in 1999. Mm-hmm. They are uh, called to a quarry in the Philippines. Um, We're ending on Shout Out That was 1999. Now you said that. Do go on. We're going to what? There's a song by Shout Out Loud called 1999. We're now ending on that. There's also one called by Prince. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> um, he's actually, he's actually, go on. <laughs> they call to the, because this is going to last a while, they call to the mm. Philippines um, where some pods have been discovered. They realise one of the pods is hatched. Um, a nuclear plant uh, near Tokyo starts experiencing seismic activity. The plant supervisor is Brian Cranston. He sends his wife, Juliette Benoche. In a totally non-frenzied way. <laughs> into the... <laughs> sorry <laughs> into the core to look for damage basically there's an explosion a radiation leak Juliet Binoche dies this is not a spoiler right it was pretty obvious it's 10 minutes in yeah um and the plant collapses into ruin so everybody's um They've basically said that this has been an earthquake. Everybody thinks it's an earthquake, but they know that it's something um, more sinister than that. Fifteen years later, Brian Cranston's son is Aaron Taylor Johnson. He is a disposal bomb disposal officer in the U.S. Army. And Brian Cranston is now J.K. Simmons in Dark Skies. And yes, <laughs> yes, and Brian Cranston's J.K. Simmons in Dark Skies, um, being the madcap scientist that he is. Mm, conspiracy um, so, theorist and Aaron Taylor Johnson's wife is Elizabeth Olsen he has really I son. thought it was uh, okay, gone. <laughs> and um, Aaron Johnson ends up going back with his dad to Japan and basically a huge monster comes out of the plant and threatens to destroy the world mm. and dear me Go on, you can start with your observations because I need to have a breather. Ah. Observations. Okay, I think Dayspar score is very good because usually, usually, 
he can be prone to recycling and not trying. And this he tries in this one. He does. He does something different for him. You wouldn't it's very I, loud for him. I wouldn't have guessed uh, listening to it that it was Desplat. Um, and I think it adds. It does what a good score should. It underscores the action and adds to it. Um, yeah. I also mm-hmm. think there's about three occasions where you can where, where you get the Seamus McGarvey-ness of it all, and they're all too fleeting. I it, didn't get I didn't get the Seamus McGarvey actually from it. No, it felt more like Wally Fister. And at the end, it felt like Zack Snyder with the um, with the Halo jump. Okay, um, well, let's not go that far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit harsh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It's quite Nolan influenced. Um, but parts of it reminded me of the Dark Knight Rises, mm. um, but not not in a bad way. Just fine. Um, just speaking, of which did you see the actual trailer for um, Interstellar beforehand? Yeah, mm. it's pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Are you getting Inception vibes? Well, no, because that's extraordinarily specific. Because <laughs> just sits you down, taps you over the nose, and said, "This is exactly what I want you to think." <laughs> Yeah, but it's still like uh, mm. from the trailer. It's like I never, I wouldn't have had a clue what was going on. Inception from the trailer. Mm. Um, Brian Cranston. Overcooked, pretty, overcooked pretty but bad good. in parts of this. Overcooked, but I liked him in the scene where um, he's at the facility. Um, for but oh, yeah, the, see, that when, was when overcooked. When Binoche dies, <laughs> it's really cringe. And then when he's just generally shouting, it's pretty cringe. But um, yeah. I thought, was, I, thought was, I can see what I mean. The, the man is talented. I can see he's, he's certainly talented, committed but... to the role. Mm. That's the best thing that can be said. I think. Mm. But... Should we get Johnson out of the way? Yeah. No, I just mean in general. Let's just get rid of him. Oh, get rid of him. <laughs> no, so no. Should we? No. Should, um, so, what did you think of Johnson? I thought he was all right. I. Mm. It's. I mean, it's not as bad as Sam Worthington in Avatar. No. No. He's... And to be perfectly honest, the director of this film is so unconcerned with the characters anyway. Yes. I d- it doesn't really matter. I mm. wish there weren't any characters. Mm. Well, I wish aren't. it was just... Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like... This is, the, this is why the film's so conflicted for me is because... You've got these characters with the stupid family drama traumas and um, Johnson having to return home and with the little Japanese kid and um, the whole thing with Benosh dying. And it's like, it's, I wish that it was just none of it was there. And, but you can't really do that when it's a $160 million film. You can't like not have a story and just no. make it about the general grander picture. Yeah. And the the problem with that is then that it just feels so written, where you've got we've got that after all this happens, uh, it just the, the the one city in the world that these that this all happens to culminate in is where Elizabeth Olsen is at that precise moment. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, every time every time there's got to be something. There's got to be uh, a kid on a, on a monorail. There's got to be a, a sun, a load, a school bus on a, on a bridge. There's always got to be something artificially inserted to like get some sort of um, tension, emotional reaction. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's done in the, the ch- consistently in the mo- the cheapest of ways. 
and uh, I do like that they kill people off. Yeah, they just kill wrong. That. They just kill the wrong people off, they, and they just leave you with the least interesting people on show. That's yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think Sally Hawkins is pretty bad in this. I mean, just the delivery is just. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like that they're all getting work and uh, slash paid up the ass for this. And the films, they des- the, the they films deserve made, it. making so much money, they're going to be at least get something, some yeah. brownie points for that. Mm. But I agree, yeah. But all she gets to do is spout off this jargon. In the dodgy so what accent. can you do with that? A dodgy posh accent. Yeah, yeah. It's and just like I feel like Gareth Edwards wants to be Ter- Terence Malick. He wants to go all abstract at times with this, mm. and he just can't because. It's like the whole venture is compromised by Warner Brothers, and mm. therefore the quality of the film suffers because it's not consistent. And it's... Mm. Now I do like certain things. The the with the the main cumulative battle. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, I like how low key, uh, it goes with it when and Daysbar's score is very instrumental in pardon the pun, instrumental in this. Uh, in that it goes just cuts out just the piano and really strips it down. Yeah. And it's it's artistic in the way that the opera scene from Quantum of Solace was artistic, uh, and so it's sort of the sort of thing you don't often see in this type of film. And so I do like that he tries to do something artistic with it. Yeah. I also um, I think he's littered the cast. He's cast these people, and it is like a dream cast in a way, apart from Johnson. Um, <laughs> in order to give the whole thing a lot more class than it deserves. But the problem is, so I think it's all very good, all very well and good and does what it says on the tin, etc, etc, etc. But when we get to the end, the, I mean, it just inherently, it's ridiculous. It's an inherently ridiculous uh, point. I mean, Jurassic Park did this well, though. Yeah. And, 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 and this could... is like, this is like the most, the, the end of this film is like the most boring part of King Kong. Peter I actually think one. the end, I actually think the last, maybe the last 30 seconds are really, really quite effective. But you can't just tack that out at the end. It just it won't work like that. The idea of Godzilla, the idea that it's, what it's um, expressing about Godzilla at the end is actually really, really interesting. Mm. But you can't, it's like you can't just suddenly do that when you've had however long of you know Elizabeth Olsen, Aaron Taylor Johnson, just running around, and we, it's impossible to care about that. Yeah. But I really do like that that they cared about the monsters and they've told the story of the monsters in there. Mm. It's not enough, but they've started uh, to tell the story like, of like what they're, they're doing. They're sly about it as well because you get the reveal about a third of the way through. You think, okay, here's the reveal, and it's not the reveal. It's something different. Yeah. And so it's not always plotting wise. It's not always as straightforward and obvious as you would think. But then again, like I said before, the problem is when you get to the end, it's just silly. Mm. So and it's kind of like that sort of uh, Transformers slash Iron Man type thing where you just got creatures, creatures slash machines, whatever. Yeah, having a fight. I There's nothing. A you've got to care that. about the. the you've, got to, you've got to the way the way this gets around is in all those sort of films. You've got to care about the person inside the suit, or you've got to care about. Um, uh, the character in order to uh, be emotionally invested. With this, there are other issues at play, so it doesn't so it doesn't fall flat uh, the way I think some of those films do. Yeah. Um, 
so I do like with with the sort of general way they go with it in in theory, yeah. but in execution, I'm just still <laughs> good grief. I mean, seriously. Yeah, mm. I th- I'm just torn because I do think there's a lot of stuff in here that's quite good, but then. Yeah, I think this is uh, for the genre. I think it's a decent film, mm. and I, I when I came out, I I didn't feel. And I, I was quite looking forward. I don't know why I was looking forward to it, but oh, the uh, cast, maybe. But uh, oh, no, I was at work today. I said, I was, I said, "I've got two words for you: Godzilla." <laughs> that sort of thing. I was just, I just wanted. To, I was just in the mood for it. I mean, it's Monday at work as well. It's, it's, it's the right time to go just straight out of work. Just go and just shut everything, shut, shut your brain off. So it, it does work on that level for me. Um, it just could have been better, but could could equally could have been a hell of a lot worse. You could have had. Um, uh, Sienna Miller in there, or uh, Blake Lively, or Emily Blunt. I've got that joy to look forward to oh. with Tom Cruise. <laughs> ah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Godzilla a C, plus, mm. a high C. Plus. It could have mm. been a B-. minus. I just think he's hampered too much. And give him, let him do what he wants, so I think it would have been better. Accomplished, but far too st- stupid. So six out of ten for me, though. It's um, it's it was it's, it was alright. Yeah, it does what it says in the ten. Mm. Okay, um, we're going to talk about antiheroes because Godzilla is an antihero. Yes, and I immediately, like within thirty seconds, came up with three. The, fir- the first one I thought of was going back to Olivia Coleman, Tyrannosaur, with Peter Milan. Oh, interesting. Because, mm, I mean, w- the way that shows him... I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about with Oscar Isaac earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it all ties in. Because the first thing of that is him literally sh- uh, beating his dog to death. And so when you've got a character... So you've set right from the beginning how detestable this character is. And then when he has to become Olivia Coleman's saviour, that actually is really interesting. And he couldn't get worse after the dog thing, could no. he? No. No, I mean, um, I know pe- I know people, my mother included, who would just switch the film off at, right there. They wouldn't even watch the film, because I'd tell them, by the way, the first scenes of a, um, a bloke killing his dog, and they'd just think, right, no. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, would you say Robert De Niro was an anti-hero in Taxi Driver? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, we, we think of the end. What yeah. He's, what he's doing at the end, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, well... I wouldn't necessarily say anti-hero in Raging Bull, but uh, he's the he's the uh, a tragic hero in Raging Bull. Yeah, he's the guy you're following. That's the only reason he's a hero. He's a complete nutcrack. Um, I also uh, immediately came up with the Silence of the Lambs because Lecter is helping them. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, 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 definitely. Mm. You got the serial killer, the killer to catch a killer, and. Um, I think I mean he's obviously the one that works the most because um, it's um, spawned so many uh, offshoots here and there, and it's it's written, the, the character is so compelling. But I mean, Tony Hopkins, how much fun was he having really? It's just how do we feel about the whole lead supporting thing? I don't think, in the grand scheme of things, it really tremendously matters because no matter what category he was in, he was going to win. Yeah. But would have beat, I, I, yeah, I mean, who, who but, was it? Jack Palance. Who would have beaten Jack Palance? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, 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 for years I had him as lead. 
And because for the reasons that people always say, and the justification for having him as the lead actor is saying, oh, well, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, it's the importance to the plot and he drives everything on. He makes on himself and he a lead kind of thing. Yeah, and he dominates scenes that he's not in. I'm thinking, okay, fine, well, now I can say that about it, or about Mel Streep and The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. But then again, the whole point of The Devil Wears Prada is that it's, it's Anne Hathaway going to work for the boss from hell. That, that it's that dynamic which is the centre, so that's why I have Meryl Streep lead in that film. Oh, because you do not, now? Uh, I thought you didn't. No, I always did. I always had Meryl lead. Okay. Um, because we, uh, I mean, she is we, the we, devil. Yes. Well, it's not that she's in the title because I mean, we, no, but Rebecca, Rebecca isn't leading. But you know, it's it, all that about is the dynamic. Her, really. that is the, it becomes to be all it, about her. It, yeah, it's their relationship that's the centre of the film. Whereas with the, with Science of the Lambs, the problem is that. Any justification that you use for having Tony Hopkins as leading that film, you can also have for Buffalo Bill. Because if you say uh, he drives the plot along, well, yeah, so does the actual serial killer who's doing everything. Yeah, but do you ever you, see it, Buffalo Bill? Yeah, because remember the scenes in the pit with Brooke Smith? Is <laughs> <laughs> Brooke Smith? Yes. I, yeah, I actually don't watch them because I don't like them. <laughs> nah. It's no, but I love, that, I love that this is like the second Brooke Smith. Uh, is it, was it last week we had a Brooke Smith mention? Or the week before. It was uh, Labor Day. She was in. So the week before. All right, couple couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, so you do see, and so you do see films with him, and he does, and, and his that character's presence does dominate um, scenes that he's not in. So he's certainly he, leading Hannibal, isn't he? Yes, 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 yes. So I mean, for me, he's. It, it, I'm not going to put um, uh, Buffalo Bill supporting. So. Uh, I'm not going to put him supporting. So I'm, I'm not going to put Buffalo Bill lead. So, I'm, so I don't put him lead either. Um, and I'm fine with Jodie being the sole lead of that film. Um, yeah. Either way, at the end of the day, it's just nitpicking. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. It doesn't tremendously matter. Just for your own personal well-being, maybe. Mm. <laughs> um, any more? Um, yes. Uh, Terminator 2. Arnie. Is he an anti-hero? I would say he's yes. a hero in Terminator 2. Just, just the hero. Well, isn't he the, the anti-hero in, in Terminator 1? Oh, no, because he's the baddie in Terminator 1, oh, isn't okay. he? Oh, okay. Well, he's not really... I don't know, he's never he's never trying to kill the kid, is he? He's never... He was before the film, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I've looked hmm. up some, yeah, anti-heroes. Let's have a look. You wouldn't say Maggie Smith was an anti-hero, would you? The prime, Miss, the prime Miss Jean Brodie. Deluded, certainly. Self-obsessed. Yes. Well, it, I suppose it would be some. Well, Vivian Lane gone with the wind. The, the, it's a difficult line to. Basically, it, it, you can have a film about a despicable character. And they have them being the quote in inverted commas hero of the film, i.e. the person you're following. Like, let's go back to Matt Damon in the hands of Mr. Ripley. Yeah, that's an anti-hero. Well, uh, I don't. But is is it because he never? Uh, I sort of think when I think of anti-hero, well, it depends. You, you can either say that, or you can go along the lines of somebody who is a thoroughly despicable character who actually does something good. But is it not the fact that we're with their perspective all the, all Possibly. the film? I mean, always mm. with Matt, Matt Damon's perspective and kind of wanting Lot, to get away Rob, with it. And Bobby De Niro in um, Raging Bull, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think... Yeah. Any women you can think of? I mean, I've just mentioned and, Vivian Lee. I think that's she's she is quite horrible in a lot of the film. 
to people. So that kind of works. As an uh, most Joan Crawford films. Yeah. <laughs> she played the bitch. <laughs> Joan Crawford, yeah. Um, is Mildred Pierce an anti-hero? No, they, no, she's nice she's in that. That's the one, nice, the few, one of the few ones. Um, oh, um, oh, just because I like pimping this film because it's so obscure. And, uh, Joan Fontaine in Ivy. She's just the just <laughs> despicable cow. This is this is horrendous wench of a woman. <laughs> the, this offensive baggage. <laughs> yeah, um, she's so much fun. Watch it on YouTube with the Spanish subtitles. It's hilarious. Why? No, just because that's the only way I could watch it. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it sounds like fun. I do like a bit of John. Del- it's delicious. It's it's even more camp than her sister in the Dark Mirror. No, it can't be. Yeah. Yes. It's so. It's so. It's so camp. It's so fun. It's just outrageous. Okay. It starts off with her going to with her going to a. Uh, uh, not a seance. It's a, a not mystical. A fortune teller. <laughs> Clairvoyant. Yes, <laughs> it's that. Le- that's how it begins. <laughs> it's that level of camp. Oh God. Okay. All right. Um, Shag Marie Kill. Right. Yes. So three for me. I would. Now. 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 I'm not going to kill Godzilla because I like that um, some of my favourite actors are actually getting paid. Yeah. So I'm going to kill in secret. Mm-hmm. Even I can't believe I'm killing a, Lizzie, a film that Lizzie Olsen is starring in. Well, she survived. Uh, she survived one of them at least. Yeah. I would. Um, so the question is, do I? Which one do I want to watch every weekend for the rest of my life? The answer is not the Two Faces of January. Yeah. So I'd shag the Two Faces of January. Watch Godzilla every weekend for the rest of my life. I can't believe I just chose Aaron Johnson for <laughs> to watch every weekend for the rest of my life. In fact, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm shagging Godzilla and I'm marrying uh, Two Faces of January because I'd much rather watch, spend uh, two hours watching Vigo than two hours watching Johnson. Agreed. I would definitely marry the Two Faces of January. Hmm. Um, I would probably shag. Um, I think I'd shag the lesbians. No, I probably would. No, I think I'd shag Godzilla because I might get a bit more out of it. So you're gonna kill the lesbians? No, I'm gonna kill in secret. Ah, <laughs> so exactly the same. All right, so the last ever. Watson factor. Right, dun dun dun. So Godzilla. Uh, Juliet Binoche is being Hathaway Protocol. Agree. Mm, that's just not working. <laughs> and um, the thing with Lizzie Olsen is usually she she looks when I see pictures of her on the red carpet or t- turning up turning up to places she looks stunning. And I don't think she looks stunning in her films. They usually dress it. They they don't play up to it. But at the beginning of Godzilla, they absolutely play up to it. She looks great. She's amazing at the beginning of Godzilla. So there are moments of Seydou later on when it, when when everything's going downhill, but um, overall it's a win. Yeah, agree. Um, in Sally, so that's a, that's, uh, no. Um, in secret, um, she's yeah, she's just about a yes. Really? Just. Oh, the end's a bit dodgy. <laughs> just when the absinthe comes just, out. <laughs> you, but the thing is, usually she should have it quite comfortably. Mm. So it's just about a yes. Okay. 
Um, concussion. No, I didn't see it. Uh, Two Face January Kirsten. Uh, nice but too blonde for my uh liking. So it's what about the fact. Judy Greer girl? Uh, again, nice, but um, I'll take the Rocky Horrorness. Um, <laughs> so Watson fact, a final Watson fact of three. Dub being handsomely hand- handed a two-set victory to uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who will now take over the baton. It's indeed. So I'm raised. Literally, I'm raising the the <laughs> raising the uh, the bar. How very apt. Uh, we'll see if that but, repeats itself now. <laughs> So, which one do you want me to use? Do you want me to use in secret because that was close, to, closer to Watson? Was it? Oh no, no! I, mean, I think go- you should use Godzilla. Well, oh use- god, that's true. But, yeah, you should I'm use go the with better one. You should use the better mm-hmm. one. It should be a challenge to beat her. Really? Okay. Okay. Just use, but don't use it just at the beginning. Use it overall. Yeah, overall. Yeah. So I've got to appreciate how much it's not. You're not just five minutes of wow. It's not like a. What, which one did I do that for? Was it Naomi Watts for five minutes at the beginning? For the, <laughs> at the, the beginning of the impossible. No, it was the brunette. No, Naomi Watts for five minutes. I also did it for five minutes at the beginning oh, of the impossible. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate sadie. Just any door. excuse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when her skin wasn't flappy around everywhere. <laughs> when there were... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, the poo range. Last ever poo range. Mm. Um, okay, we'll start with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson is a no. Yes. Um, is it Brian Cranston's a no? There's mm-hmm. nobody else in it, is there? Ken Watanabe. Huh? Oh, Ken Watanabe. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to in secret. Oscar Isaac is being said, dude. For, it takes for, a very special man burns. to carry off sideburns. And I am that man. Although my sideburns. <laughs> the thing is that those are pork shops. I mean, almost. I mean, you got you can't have it below the ears. No, it just looked very unseemly. Mm. Um, there is a guy in concussion. Uh, hit her hag, Jonathan Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, yes, seriously, yes. no relation. Really, is he I, in the I closet by any chance? Is he in the closet by any chance, like Tchaikovsky was? Really, was he? Oh, oh my god. Was he Tchaikovsky? Yeah, I mean, he, he had it. Well, basically, he was gay and then got married. That didn't. That didn't end well. It, it didn't. <laughs> no, he just ended up drinking some water and giving himself in the middle of a cholera epidemic on purpose. That sounds like a mess. Uh, Jonathan... <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 pretty much describes his romantic entanglements. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Tchaikovsky is not quite there. Still a no. Mm. Oscar Isaac in the Two Faces of January is a yes. Okay, and, so that's your new baseline. Yes, although it's without facial hair, so it's mm. a better baseline than Lewin for potential okay. people. Um, big O's a no, and there's mm. nobody else. So it's a, a final poo range of 2.0. And Oscar will take over next week. Mm-hmm. At the Oscar Octave? Or does that sound too much like the actual Oscars? Um, the Isaac something. We had a scale. We've got the cage scale. We can't have a scale. Cage scale. And we could keep the range if you kept the factor. Yeah, I've kept the factor, yeah. I could do the the Isaac range. range. Or the Oscar range. We'll have a think. Yeah. 
Okay, we have a website. It's movepodcast.com. Uh, the Davis Range, because it's Lewin Davis. The Lewin Range? <laughs> uh, we have movepodcast.com. We're on Twitter at movepodcast. Facebook in the movepodcast. You can check out our schedule. And you can look up all our ratings for all our films since 2012. And Middle of? Huh? The middle, middle of. Middle of. So are we doing 100 films next week? Respect. Well, next week, yeah, it's the 100th episode, so we're going to get... I've got my 50 oh, already. God. Glad someone has. Glad someone has. So, um... <laughs> you know what's going to happen. I'm just going to go on... Um, a rant about... about... 20, no, 15 minutes before, I'm just going to go on IMDb, get up all my 10 out of 10s and knock 17 out. <laughs> are we get the, pro- the question is, are we going to have any films next week as well? Because... We've got the can winners, which we could talk about. Am I going to be here next week? That's the real question. It's Whitson. It's what? Whitson. What's Whitson? It's a religious holiday, Calvin. Oh, Whitwig. <laughs> Whitson. S-U-N at the end. Um, so it's like half term. Oh. Yeah. I've got the week off work. Mm. Interesting. So the question is, do I fly to um, Seattle and watch... Um, uh, the Mariners played the Angels four days in a row. <laughs> is that an option? Yeah, it actually is, yeah. <laughs> no, but actually, uh, um, in the summer, I could go uh, two games in Dodger Stadium followed by two games in, in uh, at the Angels. Nice. Yeah, that, that that's appealing to me. There's also a chance on one of them I could catch one at Fenway, uh, Angels at Boston. But then again, I'd have to go to Boston. That's true. Although I'd rather go to Boston than LA, to be honest. Really? Yeah. More, more drinking? Yeah. The beer's, the beer's got to be better there. Uh, so, yeah. So, I don't know. The films next week are really quite bad. Uh, we've got really? Postman Pat. Yeah, I heard about that. X-Men. Mm. Blended, which is a Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler rom-com. I've heard it's sweet, but I don't know, really. I quite like Reading Singer. Mm. I mean, we could Someone do we could do Red Light instead and do the hundredth. I don't know. Mm. Uh, we'll just do what we've got. Anything we've seen that week, anything we've rewatched, anything. Yeah, and then we'll just slap it with the hundred. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'll I might leave it till next week to mention the Passion of Banner. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Is that the one with the colour? The thing is, I watched so many... That's the one with the colour, yeah. It, in, it's it's colour and then the, it goes the, to black and white sometimes. Uh, the cast. Uh, the interviews with the yes, cast. Cut yes. In. yes, yes. That's great. <laughs> I love Perkman so That much. took me a while to get used to what was going on there. <laughs> so, know, Max, how do you feel about your character? <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing with that is that, because the thing is, if you watch Shame and Passion of Anna, you're like, which one's which again? Which is the one with the dead bodies and which the is the dead one animals? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll get onto the dead animals next week because you know me, this is not going to go down well. <laughs> Un- unlike it. Well, no. Um, <laughs> but no. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, I'm just staring at Elizabeth Olsen's IMTV page and I got carried away for a minute. <laughs>
punch in the face I never felt so alive since 1999 Time went, we got it all out How can I forget the nights we killed Every summer night You know the sun never sets around here That is what we wait for all year Oh, no. 